I'm a crazy rival with the ways of wife will turn to make through strong through this wasteland survival from NB to DC. Super mutants run for me, the cycle is strong, and my back is gun charging. Click, clank, clank, zip, 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 zap, and another one turns to dust over caps. Kill or be killed or become something worse. Try, try, beam, burst. Stealth boy, ready, gotta get past the death claw. All my ghoulies at the party waiting for that alcohol. I have to go now, though I'm over in comfort. Got a bottle, can't mind, just in case I get discovered. I'm not concerned, I got a ninja perk. A bloody mess, gun nut, demolitions expert. Always putting in work just to earn my worth on this radiated planet called Earth. Welcome back to that podcast. This is episode seven. Yay! Yay! Yay. Uh, we are lacking people again because people keep traveling and doing things. Uh, but that happens when, you know, life. Yeah, real life gets in the way. Um, so, we're going to jump straight into the big reveal, the big twist. But first, let's talk about building the beacon. So, did anybody I... else have the problem I had where I put down the beacon and then you put the big tri-leg thing down, but you can't put it down over the beacon like it wants you to, so then you have to pick up the beacon and then put the beacon inside it? I did, um, I, I did the, the building at the Minuteman, uh, san- the Sanctuary Hills, so I had a lot of um, empty lots to use, you know, because when you clear out the house, you get this big empty space, so I was able to put each pieces down, and I didn't understand the instructions at first, uh, where to put the little the round uh, beacon part, so I put them each down, I'm like, why is this not working? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, the, it, the legs have to go over the top. So I was able to put it on there because I guess I had enough space. And it just well, locked it kept, together. It kept telling me that, that the base needed power. And I tried connecting yeah. like a wire to it and it wouldn't. <laughs> I had no problems yeah. whatsoever. Well, you're just yeah, I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, that was surprisingly complicated. And, and um, I got confused when I gave it power. Um and then, you know, it would draw power from the other components and suddenly those components wouldn't have the power. And then, yeah, that was... That was yeah, you, you had to put down, like, two uh, large generators, I think. At least two. You need more than two. Oh, because maybe it was three, three then. Yeah, I did three then. I put down uh, two large ones and two medium ones. Mm. And you just wire them all it together. Needs, it needs 20 from the for the big three-legged part and then you need yeah. at least five for the console that's and three, i think three for the console and five for the radar oh that's right so it's the other way around yeah so 28 power and, and the whole thing looks awesome the, the the blue lightning coming off of it and everything hmm. scary techno babble too that was the most fun part. <laughs> scary techno babble yeah it wasn't scary. when you do it with tinker tom it really is techno babble Oh yeah, with Tinker Tom, yeah. yeah. Sturges was uh, Sturges was like, let's let's slap this together and see what happens. Oh, don't worry about that loose part. It's supposed to be like that. <laughs> so I mean, when I went with the railroad, they gave me a thing to contact their contact in the institute. If you go with the Minutemen, do you not get that? You do not get that. But then again, I did this. I did the quest in the right way, so that I was able to still do that to get that uh, tape and contact uh, Z1 something or whatever. Or no, it was uh, the, the Patriot, yeah. Patriot. So how did you get the tape to contact him then? I, I did the undercover underground uh, quest, and then I went with the Minutemen to build it, and I just went. Okay, that's interesting. Because she gave that tape to me as I was leaving, 
standing very far away. And okay, and so the institute. Who else felt they were playing Deus Ex? <laughs> I didn't, but that's I don't know. It, it, it didn't the, look. The I music, don't know why you said Deus Ex. The facility, everything about that place felt like I was in Deus Ex. And I, I felt like the Dharma or something, maybe. <laughs> Dharma Institute. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, the, the place was way too clean and uh, smooth to be Deus Ex. Deus Ex is very all black and, and dark and just... It was possibly know. more the music than anything that made me feel that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are parts of the Institute that are that like that. Um, uh-huh. Getting... <laughs> and the so... whole thing's falling apart, too. That was interesting to, to hear that, that it may seem all shiny and nice, but... Behind the walls, everything's breaking down. Well, I think they just abandoned certain wings and just didn't care about them. They're built, and they're building new wings. So it's like they just leave some parts to decay, which seems like a real shame and kind of uh, opposite of their message uh, of what they want to do. Because it's like they, they have decaying parts, and they're kind of looking down on the world above because they're all decaying and so yeah and and if it's the generational vault that they've all survived this long you know where is everybody (laughs) well they said that it's not a generational vault because that was the reason why they needed the baby in the first place was because they'd all been contaminated yeah but it was generation after generation kept building more and more of the institute going down I I would um, say we probably haven't seen all of it. There's probably a lot more that we don't see. Oh, yeah. Some, like, walled-off parts and parts they've long abandoned and, yeah, sealed away. So... Or just behind doors. I was impressed that the um, scientists behind the FEV experiments uh, were like, you know, this is probably a really bad idea. (laughs) And sure Mm -hmm. enough, it was a really bad idea. But as usual, nobody listens. Well, it's Fallout. If they listened, there'd be no story. <laughs> they survived it, like you know, because other vaults that have experimented with experimented with the FEV virus did not survive. <laughs> yeah. In every other game, in fact. <laughs> at least, yeah. At least, uh, Vault Eighty One survived, barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. So they managed to cordon it all off, and it's really interesting, actually, going into the. Like the decor changes when you go into the FEV area, you know. Yeah. The styling and everything. So the... it actually reminded me of Portal, that because like there was parts of Portal, uh, two specifically that each area looked like it was from a different decade, and even the screen would change. Well, yeah, and well, it was. <laughs> yeah. So, but for me, that's what it, it felt like because I was in this newer area, and then I would find the older area that was from the pre-war or whatever. And it, that kind of reminded me of Portal, doing that kind of transitioning. I have to admit, finding Virgil's virus cure experiment thing, I had to look that up. Because um, there was no quest in my quest. Yeah, I was confused too. And I, so there was no way to find it. And yeah. Like, where's your lab, Virgil? By accident. Yeah. Well, you know, he said go to my lab and get my research notes or whatever it was, and it's like Like, I don't see that saying Virgil's name on it. Yeah. Well, I went into the biosciences area, and there's the the synth gorillas, and uh, there's that wall in the back that has a hallway going behind it. Like, hmm, they're hiding something. That was over there. (laughs) 
yeah, that, that's where I went out too. But there's that that laser blocked area, and it said FEV experimenting. So I'm like, hmm. See, I that found must that be too. The lab. But I didn't think that was a lab. I thought I was in the wrong place altogether. So I looked it up and I'm like, oh, well, it is the right place, Pete's sake. So, yeah. Well, and you then after get to... that, yeah. after that, I decided, okay, I don't want to do this right now. So I just went into the next open door in the hallway out, and it just happened to lead me into that area. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> I like the, you the synth gorillas. Hey, I noticed something has changed that uh, I was really surprised by. Because I was picking up all these holotapes, you know, here, there, and everywhere, and then I would never listen to them. Um, but something changed recently, unless I'm going crazy, where you have the option to pick it up or play it, which picks it up and plays it immediately, which is pretty much what I always want to do, and now that I, is I, an option. I did see that option. I don't know if it's changed, like, during one of the patches, and maybe well, it sure did during one of the patches. I'm sure it's something. I've never noticed that option before. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really sure it's in a patch, but I didn't see it in any patch notes. Um, so. It does make it easier just to hit play. Way, way better, yeah. way better. Bethesda's good at patch notes, you know. <laughs> so it turns out your son is a bit of a jerk. <laughs> well, okay, I, yeah. I, you know, you we're kind of, we're kind of making oh. it the elephant in the room uh, that way, you know. But uh, yeah, you, you, you meet him and. You know, you listen to him as he's talking to you. Of course, you don't have to reveal until you actually see him. And I felt really irritated and angry. And so when you walked in, I shot him. You I shot just killed son. him. <laughs> yep, so I didn't know he was my son. I thought the guy, I thought the boy, actually, I thought the boy in the room was. And then when he turned off, I figured, you know what? The kid's dead. Just just die. So I shot him. Is <laughs> Not he, knowing that he killable actually shot. Or is he unkillable? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's very killable, and uh, apparently the game is dramatically different if you play on from that point, which I didn't because oh, I wanted to do on. the quests. Why didn't you do it? Why did you stay with it? Is this I, I, I still have the save, so I can go back and see what it's like. Is this the part where I get to say called it? Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, yeah. see, now there was a part of this that I didn't call and doesn't actually make sense. So so let's talk about the thing. You, you know, you disembodied voice talking across the loudspeaker across the entire facility to one particular person which is a weird thing to do but you walk in on this room and inside like a glassed off area is a synth kid well you don't know it's a synth kid but you think it's Sean and then you stumble around the room for ages trying to figure out what you meant to do because now the doors open and eventually you accidentally move your mouse over the top of Sean and you can press E uh, <laughs> to interact with him and uh, yeah that's so that, exactly what I did yeah I know it's I went like, right up to him and started talking to him Oh, well, aren't you special? <laughs> well, you're no, clearly not the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was very interesting. And then, you know, so he just wants to talk to Father, which is very, very annoying. And then mm -hmm. old guy walks in and reveals that he's Father and he's also Sean. So he's saying, you thought it was 10 years, but it was 50. Now, explain to me how Kellogg is alive. <laughs> And yeah, I thought that was weird, but Kellogg has gotten synth parts, and as far as I can tell, that memory you saw wasn't actually Sean. That was the robot synth Sean that they were trying to get to acclimate into being like a real, to be passed off as a real child. Because he, you know, when, when you think about it, if they want this perfectly clean person, why in the world would you have him living on the surface? You would bring him down and keep him down there 
ASAP. So that's clearly the robot in, in that memory. Yeah, <clears throat> good call. However, Kellogg was there when Kellogg took your child out of stasis. So yeah, it, it's just like, you know, f- add 50 years to him. He just does not look 70, you know? <laughs> no. It's, it's, well, it's a little bit... It's kind of hinted that the reason why he doesn't look old is because he's been given institute tech that has been, you know, fancy, I get to live longer than everybody else because science thing. Yeah, which you would then for assume that would be the case of everybody living in the institute, which is not because Sean looks like he's 50. And then John... Well, I can't reveal more, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't really makes sense for Kellogg to be living extra time and then other people can't. It's just odd. Yeah, they should have given him grey hair at, at the very least. Aged him. Um, you know, he can still be spry because of technology, but but he should have looked maybe old. Maybe he's but just there's an... the poster child for Rogaine. <laughs> but it, it's, it is interesting because there's another plot twist later on. Because when I did all the endings... I felt like I went on a little mind, uh, I, I, I don't know, can I say mind fuck? I'm not sure, mind screw, you know? I was like, oh my god, what is this? And so it's just like, oh. But uh, we'll, we'll discuss that later when we get to that point. But in the meantime, I, I had fun just doing, I, I, found, I had fun playing triple agent, basically, bouncing between the different factions and moving the quests along. You know, uh, like just helping the Brotherhood a little bit, helping the Minutemen, helping the railroad, helping the Institute. It, it was interesting. It's um, I mean, after you finished talking to the chiefs of the divisions, and then go back to talk to Sean, he sends you. He wants you to go see what happens when um, the synths basically get their free will and what they do with it, right? So he's sending you off to a guy who's basically running a radio group. And causing people to be killed because you know superior tactics and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and it's it's a very interesting question. Like it doesn't n- nullify the fact that they have free will or might have free will or seemingly have free will. Um, but it does raise the question of when they decide to be bad, how are the regular humans supposed to compete? Um, so that. You know, and that's not really the lesson that the institute was trying to teach. <laughs> They're trying I, to say I don't that think it's, none of them I should ever be free. Well, yeah. See, the institute is really just uh, amazing. They 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 create these beings and then turn them into slaves, basically, or even less than that. Uh, and you know, they're they're just given serial numbers and just sent out into there. And you know, and not all, and of course, not all the synths became raiders. But it was really interesting to read Gabriel's uh, procession in a progression into a raider because he was working with the Minutemen at first, and he was a real supporter of the previous general, and he just like he even tried to keep the the code the Minutemen code, but he just broke down as he became more destitute and desperate, and I don't think he was really any superior to the humans around him. He just uh, that's just, he just was a leader at the time, and he just had a few raiders left, and that's the what that's what he chose to do with his life. 
Yeah, and that's it's a very it's a very interesting point. You know, the 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 synths all seem to think the the free ones seem to think that they are superior to humans, but here is a good example of the same failings of humanity 1.0 in humanity 2.0. Well, the, the mutants think they're superior, and they're the <laughs> stupidest. It's just they're the dumbest, and they're really not that hard to kill. And I don't see how they think they're superior at all, but yeah, they do. Especially not when they suicided you with mini nukes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Touchdown. Yeah, that that <laughs> yeah, is that one too. of the scariest parts of the game when you're like in a fight and then you just see a super mutant running at you with a mini nuke. You're like, I have to reload my gun. <laughs> Like, where is he? Well, that's where when you he? just switch to your pistol. You just switch to your pistol and shoot it. Yeah. yeah. Bats. Bats every time. Shoot the mini nuke. Oh, I don't bother with bats. Or shoot the guy in the head. Bats is too slow and it doesn't work very well for me. I don't mind it's it. It's worked fine for me. Yeah, I don't mind it. I find, I find that the... I'm confused by the critical shot. Cause you just hit spacebar once it's filled. I know, I know, but sometimes it seems like, you know, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, sometimes in the old things. games it didn't do anything either. It was just like, oh, you got a critical shot. You did 5% more damage. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do I, use I, vats for all the flying things that come up. The, the little yeah, bugs. Yeah, the little bloat flies. Oh, yeah, they're really the hard to aim at. Yeah, they're, they're really... Because I, I, after a while of, like, shooting 10 times and you miss all those times it's like okay i'm gonna do vats so i can hit the stupid thing and just be done with it well there's some real XCOM mechanics going on there because i've missed five 50 percent shots in a single vats mm. i find that it very it. interesting how you know you're being all sneaky like and you shoot somebody in the head and you're like yes this is going to be great but they don't die and then they evolve <laughs> oh. and you're like oh no <laughs> They just reach in, and you just have to uh, wear them down again. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like they die if you headshot them enough that they don't have time to regen. Yeah. It's right. I mean, it's it's a really interesting mechanic because it's sort of like saying, "Hey, your ability to get all these level ups and skills and perks and all that kind of stuff—that's not unique to you. That's just life." Because they're essentially yeah. doing the same thing. They're, you know, getting a level up all of a sudden. Mm. Or a limit break. Yeah, I think limit break. Uh, just a second second wind. Phase two. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you, you get a choice of how to take care of Gabriel. You can use the code or just shoot him. Um... But, and I used the code, and it was kind of interesting just watching him shut down, and his two cohorts are like, what's wrong? And I, of course, batted and shot them in the head, mm -hmm. uh, which was a you know, quick, uh, quick end to the, the uh, incident. Uh, then, I guess, yeah, you go back to the Institute, and I don't know, I don't remember what the next mission is before Mass Fusion. Um... I don't know if there was Bunker Hill or something else before Bunker Hill. Uh, As Fusion is the one where you have to make a choice? Yeah, that's the final... Okay, now you're making a choice. Yeah. Didn't remember the name. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, coming up on... I guess this is sort of the midpoint of the game. 
But it's really interesting how the majority of locks in the Institute are um, like medium level, not hard or anything like that. Um, so it's it feels like you can definitely do a lot of this game really quickly. Like you're expected you could, to you... get there at a point where you're at a low enough level that you need it to be easy. Yeah, because I did this and I, I was starting to get to late level 50s when I was really getting into the uh, main quests towards the end. And it does feel like if you did this, you know, early on and just skipped all the side quest stuff, it would be a lot more challenging. Because I found a lot of parts just not that difficult. Like uh, freeing the fort, I was, again, in my late 50s. And it was, it was pretty easy, you know. Especially spray and pay. Or spray and pray. Yeah. That's a great gun. <laughs> I still don't have it. I think, you remember you're wandering around everywhere with power armor on. I'm not. I'm pretty much going yeah. with my regular clothes. I find that makes it more interesting. Um, Definitely. Because power um, armor is really OP. It's OP and it's all over the damn place. It's so easy to pick them up and find pieces and put them on. And then next thing you know, you're just slaying everything. I actually forgot that you get crippled because I've been wearing uh, uh, power armor for so long. And I stepped out of it and I'm like, oh crap, I got crippled. You know, wow, I'm actually getting damaged. Holy crap. <laughs> I got to the point where I was finding power armor that was much lower level than I'm supposed to be because you're supposed to get a new yeah. upgrade every 10 levels. And I am level 50 now and never got the level 40 upgrade because apparently I'm either not finding it or finding it before it's time for it to spawn yeah. at the right level. So the XO, I think, is the final... Uh, set and there is a uh, house in Boston like in the downtown Boston area that has a full set of XO1 armor if you yeah, want that's to Cabot house. Game, but you have to be able to deal with the robots <laughs> yeah that's Cabot house isn't it it's not the Cabot house it's near it but it's not in it it's in an un unmarked house I think it's green or something but it's uh, near it I found a duffel bag with a guy locked in a in a bank safe with a hundred um, pre-war cash. That was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The um. I've been who who which companion have you been rocking around with the most? I've been with McCready at the moment. I was with Piper for a while, but I've uh, been I've using Nick the most. Who? Sorry. Nick. He, I really like his uh, candor, I like his jokes, I like his comments. I think he's most compatible with me. But I also use Deacon and McCready as well. And it was interesting, people kind of implied that McCready was a jerk or a bad guy, but he really is not bad at all, you know? He, just, he doesn't like it when you do nice things. That's weird, because it, it doesn't really coincide with what he says. No, so, I think I don't he know. likes violence rather than bad things. Because I was in a, like a morally ambiguous situation where, you know, a synth and a guy were facing off with guns. And I, oh, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't win the speech checks to find out which one was which, so I just chose. And McCready was like, eh, yeah, let's do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's morally ambiguous. It's not evil one way or the other. One of them is lying. One is I'm armed. not sure, but I think it doesn't matter which one you pick. Probably Are you talking not. about in Diamond City where the guy's like, that, you know, he's like, oh, I'm your brother, I'm not a synth. Are you talking about that? No. No. <laughs> oh, okay. 
But that's the argument. A... If I was ever a synth and I got caught out like that, that's what I would be saying. It's no, 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 like, no. Oh my God, I, I mean, there was two this. guys in Diamond City, and you know, one of them was pointing a gun at the other, and they were their their brothers, or supposedly they were. And... Yeah, and then the guards come up and shoot the guy. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. That happens right at the beginning of the game when you first walk in. Yeah, right. That's not that's what we're so. talking about. We're talking okay. about a random encounter. Yeah, but I, that's uh, what I was saying is that if I were a synth and I got caught out with the, the real version of me turning up, I'd be like, wow, I have a twin. I, all this time I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my, my excuse. Because, yeah, there seems to be no real way to, unless you kill someone and do an autopsy, uh, to find out who's the real one. Most of the time when synths get into that situation, I think they just attack you. You know, at first, for a while, I was thinking that they, the Institute was just making sense, that they weren't actually replacing people, until I found a computer that went into great detail on how they actually did that. They replaced a farmer um, and put him uh, put a synth in his, in his place so they could do experiments. And uh, I don't know if you want me to say which farmer it is, but you can meet him. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really strange... Like, what does the Institute think they're achieving by doing this? Uh, the greater good, I guess. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, they, I, I don't know. Do they, do they, they really, like, they keep talking about how, you know, they want to make sense that our humanity 2.0, that everybody seems to talk that way. Um, but like, what's so, the point? I know, what they treat them like crap, they say they're not real, they're not free, they're not people... And I, I just don't, yeah, their mission is a little bit confused. It's like they're missing a piece of tech, you know, the ability to put a human mind into a synth body. Yeah. If they had that, or they were trying to make that, or they needed some help making that, then their mission would make more sense, because they've clearly made superior bodies. Um, but then they enslave those superior bodies, and yeah, it, it's, it is a little bit of a fuzzy, fuzzy question as to what it is they think they're, they're going to do. And they're doing all this other biological research, you know, improving medicines yeah. and foods and all that kind of stuff. And, and cloning experimenting gorillas. With the FEV virus and, yeah, synthetic gorillas. Like, like so what, what, are, what is their actual vision? And I don't think any of them have one. <laughs> I think it's been lost in time. Yeah, I think they had uh, one originally, but they don't remember what it is because it's been so many generations. Or they've, yeah, they've changed uh, directions from what it originally was going to be. It, they do seem like a bureaucracy that doesn't really understand. It's like sort of like a bureaucracy that is doing stuff because tradition says we must, but has forgotten what the reason behind it was. Well, and then you ask, like, the que so this is a very interesting ethics question, too. Th these are all Sean's offspring, and Sean's enslaving them. <laughs> He's enslaving his own children. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> That's really weird. It's, it's, yeah. It, um, if they're behaving erratically and they want freedom, that's because you would want it too, because they are yeah. you. So why would you, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. understand. I don't understand why they think that synths are inherently more mentally unstable if they clearly can do these things. And then they look down again on the world above and think, oh, well, they're dead. And yet they still want, they, yet they still say, we're the Commonwealth's only help, but we don't care about the Commonwealth. Screw them. Yeah, but nobody okay? cares about the Commonwealth. The Blood still doesn't care about the Commonwealth. 
No, Preston oh. cares. Preston really cares. Okay, it's true, but he has the crappiest quests in the game, so no one cares about No, him. Brotherhood has the crappiest quests in the game. You have to do escort missions. Do you want to do escort missions? I don't. No. The Brotherhood has the two random quests where you pick up the documents and the blood samples. And those are just, yeah. give me my, give me stuff, because they don't weigh anything. You get them by just randomly exploring the world. And then you turn them in and get lots of caps. Yeah, the technical documents one, that's a good one. But yeah, there's also... The yeah. But it's worth it, because you get... I turned in like 20 of them and got a thousand caps. I think mm -hmm. I have more than that. I haven't returned them in yet. So that's kind of funny. Like when you leave the institute with the teleporter, I like teleported up onto the Pruin, and I was like, I was like looking around, going, "Did anybody notice I just teleported here?" <laughs> they noticed. They do. Ma Ma Maxon or Mason or whatever the hell his name is. He he notices. He's like, "So I've been hearing you're going to the institute." And he, he gets pissy. He gets real pissy. Well, I when I, I when I had that conversation with him, it just seemed like. I'm very disappointed that you went to the Institute without us. But then again, yeah. you're still here and you came back, so I'm willing to overlook your lapse in judgment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you if you do a, do a telewarp right into the headquarters of the railroad, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. even sees it happen. <laughs> like, and, and well, so again, I, did, I did that to prove when there was no one there. So <laughs> it's it's really the, With the railroad, though, there's a whole quest where you're going undercover, so they would assume that that's how you're traveling and yeah, you know, yeah, I am, I am the double agent as far as they're concerned. I yeah. don't know if I am or not yet. Um, it's it's a it's a hard decision, you know, to to turn against your own son who is clearly living a better life than absolutely everybody else in the Commonwealth. Um, I guess it depends on your point of view, but um, I could kind of see like if you spend a lot of time on the surface trying to find him, and you hear about the institute and all the crap they're doing. And I don't know. Some people you know might just snap. It. Like, you know they're doing it, right? You know they're replacing yeah. people. So it's not like they're innocent. They're definitely not doing the right thing. Right. And, and you know, I don't know if later I'll get an opportunity to try to convince Sean that what he's doing is the wrong thing or not. I haven't got to that part yet. Um, but if I am unable to convince him he's doing the wrong thing, then there's going to be a problem. <laughs> Oh, I kind yeah. of feel like, from the perspective of a character who grew up before the bombs fell and then hasn't seen the world, didn't grow up on the way in the wasteland, and then suddenly here suddenly is in the wasteland for the first time and is discovering how awful it is, and then suddenly ends up in the institute, I think she would probably be a little bit more amenable to staying with the institute. Yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah, I mean, like I. I... I would probably want to stay there, but at the same time, I know that I have to have some pretty serious conversations with Sean before I would feel comfortable doing that. Um, you know, it's along the lines of, if I can change your mind about what you're doing, that's good. If you can't, then you're still my son, but I'm not going to stick around. I'll just see you every now and then. Um, that's sort of my feelings on that. Um, but I guess I'll see. I'm guessing that the way the factions are built, there's no changing anybody's mind. They're all set on no. direction. You, if you, when you meet him for the first time and you say, I can't work with you, he says, well, then the next time we see each other, I'm going to be hostile. Yeah, I, he says I will be hostile. So it's yeah. like, okay. Because it's really cool. You're a lawyer, remember? You're, you're meant to have the moral compass that these people no longer have. And, they, you know, it's a very clever choice. Um, that is true. I, I've noticed that in some of the 
side quest that there are characters that just have no moral compass at all. Um, they don't have the perspective that, that we have, you know, growing up in a, a structured non-chaotic society and then being thrown into a chaotic society that's barely holding on. Yeah, that's that's sort of the, the smart design by the developers to, to do Definitely. that. And, like, if you're playing the guy and you're a soldier, you still have that strong moral code of this is the country I'm fighting for and why, you know, I need to defend our, our liberty and way of life, you know, um, which, you know, the Brotherhood does not. <laughs> the, the Minutemen sort of do, but they don't really know what it means because they've never experienced it. I the Minutemen the... want to, but they can't. And that's the, the sad part. The, the only peop- the only thing in the entire wasteland that understands the world you came from are the robots on that <laughs> on the ship. I think the, the minute yeah the Minutemen I think do I, I don't know I feel like they have the better vision of all the four factions because they Preston like I said really does care about everyone and you know I won't I won't. If you do his ending, you'll see what I mean. You know, if you do the Minutemen ending, you'll see what I mean. Okay, well, on that note, we're probably going to wrap up and we'll talk about more interesting... Well, I didn't mean <laughs> more interesting, as in more of the interesting things that fall out next episode. Uh, so remember, you can come and join us on Facebook and you can get to those links at www.thatpodcast.com with links to our Steam group as well and the iTunes store and an RSS feed if you're on Android and previous episodes, as well as links to people who have contributed wonderful things to us, such as the Ways of Wifel song we use. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Strongly advise you stay away from...